Hello, Cathedral family and friends. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm so glad you could join us for today's service. I encourage you, later on in the service, we're gonna be receiving communion together. And if you'd like to join with us, you can get those elements right now and, and have them ready to receive the Lord's table with us. Well, Psalm 23 reads this way. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters and he restores my soul. God, restore our souls today. He leads me down the right paths. Help us, God, to make right decisions in this complex world for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of the coronavirus, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. God, give us victory today. You anoint my head with oil and my cup, it overflows. Father, overflow your people with your blessing and your favor today. What's that behind me? That's surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's what you call eternal security. What an amazing God we have. And Pastor Vaughn and our worship team are coming to lead us in giving praise to our amazing God. Let's join together. Come on, Cathedral family. Let's all get up and sing this.
Uh, somebody shout, God is good. And all the time, we thank you, Lord. We love you, we bless you, we worship you, and we honor you in this moment. May your name be lifted high. We give you honor and praise, and all of God's people said, amen and amen. We worship you. Your mercy never fails me All my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head I will sing the goodness of God
I will sing of the goodness of God. I will rejoice in the goodness of God. I will declare the goodness of God. I will live in the goodness of God because God is good and all the time. You know, when I was a little kid, there was a prayer my parents taught me that we prayed every time we got together to bless the meal. And it went like this. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for this food. By his hands, we all are fed. Give us, Lord, our daily bread. Amen. And even though that's a little kid prayer, there's two amazing balancing truths in there. God is great and God is good. He is so great. He has all power. Nothing's impossible with him. But you know, there are plenty of people who can do great things and they're not very good. God's greatness is ministered through his goodness that's chasing after us, running us down. And that's our prayer this weekend, that God's goodness would work in you in a very special way because he is great and he is good. Well, there's another prayer that my family taught me that we prayed every day at our dinner table. And I sort of give a hint to you every weekend when I'm with you, because every time you see me, I have two things you're always gonna see. You're always gonna see my Bible because here at Cathedral of Faith, the word of God is so important and everything we do is built on it. But every week sticking out of my Bible, you'll also see a little bookmark that says, pray for the Foreman family. Because ever since I was a little boy, one of the things my mom and dad did every single night at dinner when we had our meal was we always prayed for our pastor. Because God has given us many good gifts and one of the really amazing good gifts God's given us at Cathedral is a, such an amazing pastor and Pastor Ken. And one of the best gifts you can give him because this weekend's his birthday, one of the best gifts you can give him is to pray for him. And I'm gonna do that in just a moment when we take our offerings because God has been good to us by blessing us with such an amazing leader. And as we celebrate him this weekend, we just wanna continue to pray for God to work in and through him in special ways. Before I do that, I wanna share a scripture with you that comes from 1 Chronicles chapter 16. And here's what it says. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Bring an offering and come before him, worship the Lord. There's some statements there about God is good. And what we do is we give thanks. We come before him with worship and we bring an offering. And in this moment, as we bring our tithes and offerings, we do it in response to the goodness of God. There are so many ways you can give here at Cathedral. You can go online. You can go to our app. You can stop by the church office. You can mail it to us or you can text give to the number that's on the screen as you participate in acknowledging the goodness of God and giving thanks to him for all that he's done. So I encourage you to join us in this moment. I wanna speak God's blessing on your gifts as well as I want you to join me in speaking a special blessing over our good pastor, Pastor Ken. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Your love and care for us is so evident. You sent your best and sending Pastor Ken to shepherd and guide and lead and speak into our lives. Would you bless him with health and strength? Would you bless him with wisdom and grace? Would you bless him with insight and revelation? Would you encourage him, comfort and strengthen him and build him up, Lord? You know all that he has to walk through on our behalf as he represents us before you. You know all that he has to deal with and you, Lord, are his source, his strength, his Lord. Bless him, encourage him. And Lord, I just pray you'd raise up an army among us at Cathedral of prayer warriors who will intercede for our pastor and his family every day, just believing for what you're gonna do in him. We lift up his arms in prayer. We surround him in prayer because you have been so good in giving him to us as such an amazing gift. And we thank you for your goodness and all the gifts you've given to us. And as we bring our tithes and offerings to you, we recognize that this is the perfect way to acknowledge that we thank your good by bringing an offering, by giving thanks, and by worshiping you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, we had a special guest here this past week from Washington, D.C., who came and checked out what we're doing and reaching out, and he was actually pretty amazed. Take a look at the screens. 
I'm looking at a distribution line that is serving people during this COVID environment where they've seen a burst of need in the community. And it's amazing to see the federal government, state and local government partnering with faith-based organizations, making an impact and serving the community. And what I love what Pastor Ken was just telling me as we were talking through this is, they didn't wait for government, but man, it helps when government is able to work in partnership with them. That's what we're about, working and serving the need together as partnerships all around the country, but especially here in California. So thank you to the Cathedral of Faith for all you're doing. Thank you for all the people, all the volunteers that are here and those that support you in doing what you're doing. It's absolutely amazing to see thousands of cars being served in a time of their greatest need. Stranger Things, winning the battle against the upside down. Boy, the crowd is continuing to grow here inside the cathedral. And today as our special guest, we have Winona, one of the stars from Stranger Things. It's great to have her, but it's even better to have you. I'm so glad that you've joined with us today. It was one Saturday morning I was studying, preparing for the weekend and I heard the sound of barking dogs outside my window. We had two dogs at the time and they were yapping away about something. Now, I let them bark for a little while, but eventually, well, there's this one card that reads this way. It says, thank you for letting your dog bark outside all morning, said no one ever. And so I thought I should be a good neighbor I stepped away from my desk, went to the back door, and when I went outside, I saw under one of our trees a rattlesnake coiled up that was hissing at our two dogs. Now, the first thing that came to mind was the vet bill that I was going to have if it bit those dogs. So I got the dogs corralled, brought them inside. And then I grabbed a shovel because I'm a big bad Raider fan. And well, I was going to take care of this one way or the other. He was going to leave my yard. He wasn't paying rent. He couldn't stay there. Get off my lawn. But as I got closer to that rattlesnake, I don't know, maybe it was my imagination, but the proportions of that snake it seemed to get very big. It was a large snake. And so I looked over at that snake and then I looked down at my feet and I realized I didn't have any shoes on. I was barefoot. So at that point I did what every red-blooded American male would do. I called my wife to get some help. What I needed in that moment was the right pair of shoes. I needed boots like this. Well, these are snake-proof boots from Bass Pro Shop. And if you're wearing these boots, the snake can strike at you, but all it'll do is chip its fang because it can't bite through this material. And if you're going to face off with a serpent, what you really need is the right pair of boots. Do you remember the song, these boots are made for walking? And that's just what they'll do. And one of these days, these boots are going to walk all over you. If you're going to face a serpent, make sure you've got the right pair of shoes on. 
It may sound strange, but every day you and I face off with a serpent. This is one of the pictures we're given in the Bible of our spiritual enemy. He first shows his fangs all the way back in the Garden of Eden. We read in Genesis chapter 3, the serpent was more clever than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He shows up in the Garden of Eden and he, well, he battles with the first Adam. And the first Adam succumbs to the temptation and he eats from the cursed tree. Sin enters the human race. The serpent wins the battle. But there's another battle in another garden, the Garden of Gethsemane, where the second Adam, Jesus, faces off against the serpent. And Jesus overcomes the temptation to avoid the cursed tree, the cross. And because of Jesus' victory, we can be victorious. Jesus told his followers in Luke chapter 10, he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to walk all over snakes and scorpions. You will be able to destroy all the power of the enemy. Romans 16 says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. And then in Ephesians chapter six, we read, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. When you have on the right pair of shoes, you can step on the head of the enemy and you can tell him to get off your lawn. What would it look like this week for you to put on those pair of snake-proof shoes? Well, it starts with making your peace with God. In Romans chapter five, verse one, we read this. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I heard about this one little boy who was gonna be in a wedding. He was so excited. And they were giving him his instructions that he was to stand at one of the doors. And then he was to ask people that came to that door whether they wanted to sit on the side of the bride or the side of the groom. And then he would lead them to the appropriate seat. Well, the big day came. He put on his suit. They stationed him at the door. And here comes that first couple. And this is the question he asked them. He says, whose side are you on? Whose side are you on? Do you know that's the big question the first big question we have to answer. You may have never really thought of it that way. If you're not a devoted follower of Jesus, you may have thought that, well, you know, I, I'm not for Jesus, but I'm not against Jesus either. I see myself as, as neutral. But in this cosmic spiritual battle, there is no such thing as neutral. You're either on one side or the other side, a part of one kingdom or the other kingdom. So the first question we have to ask is, whose side are we on? God is on your side. Did you know that? He made you, he loves you, and he is for you. In 2 Corinthians 5, we read about the heart of God that God was bringing the world back to himself through Christ. He did not hold people's sins against them. God is on your side, but whose side are you on? In ancient times, a sign that two opposing parties had made peace is when they would sit down and have a meal together. When there had been hostility 
and you came together and you ate together, this was a sign and a symbol that the war is over. And what God does is he extends an invitation to us. Some people ignore the invitation. Others tear up the invitation. But there are those who accept that invitation and take their seat at the table. Friend, your arms are too short to box with God. Would you come to the table and accept his invitation and put your faith and trust in Jesus? After we find our seat at the table, what we do is we help others find their seat at the table. We show them the love of God and we share the love of God with them. We pray for them and we invite them to our church. The Bible says this in Luke chapter 14. It says, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. We make it our aim to help other people find their seat at the table. In fact, our team just this week was talking about that. We were talking about how we can reinvent our Christmas outreach this year. The last year, the last few years, we've, well, we've put up 225,000 lights inside our building to celebrate the great light that came into the world 2,000 years ago in the person of Jesus. I mean, that's a lot of lights. When we turned on those lights last year, well, here's what happened when we turned them on. 225,000 lights, that's a lot of light. But there should be a lot of light to celebrate the event that split history into the coming of the light of Jesus into this world. Of course, with the virus, we can't do the same kind of thing this year. But the virus cannot stop the light from shining. The Bible says the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has overcome it. So we have been thinking creatively about how we can outside display the light of Christ on our property. And so people can drive onto the property with light and with music. They will see and hear the message about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us. We're going to do everything we can this Christmas to make sure that people know they matter to God and that they would take a seat at God's table. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, so we are Christ's official messengers. It It is as if God were making his appeal through us. Here is what Christ wants us to beg you to do. Come back to God. That is our message this Christmas. Because when we have our seat at the table and we help others take their seat, we have a person who's going to take their seat at the table through the waters of baptism. This is Aquisha. And I have the privilege of baptizing her today, a sign and a symbol that she has put her faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Aquisha, let me ask you a question. Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? You're going to serve him all the days of your life. You're going to spend forever with him. Upon the confession of your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we now baptize you in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Down with the old and up with the new. Hallelujah! Oh, let's give God praise. We serve a good God who loves us. We matter to God and who invites us to his table. That's the first way we put on the shoes of peace. Now, the second way has to do with receiving our peace of mind. Receiving our peace of mind. You know, there's this one television show, and there's a a guy on the show who's trying to find serenity, and somebody has given him 
something to do, but I'm not sure how well it's working. See what you think. I've got no leg room back here. Move your seat forward. It's as far as it goes. There's a mechanism. You just pull it and throw your body weight. I pulled it. It doesn't go. If you want the leg room, say you want the leg room. Don't blame the mechanism. All right, Dad, we're five blocks from the house. Sit sideways. Like an animal. Because of her, I have to sit here like an animal. Serenity now! Serenity now! What is that? The doctor gave me a relaxation cassette. When my blood pressure gets too high, the man on the tape tells me to say, Serenity now! Are you supposed to yell it? The man on the tape wasn't specific. What happened to the screen door? It blew off again? I told you to fix that thing. Serenity now! <laughs> Serenity is one of the things that the serpent will try to steal from your life to keep you wrapped up in your anxiety. Uh, Human beings cannot be sliced up into neat, tidy compartments. What happens to one part of us uh, works its way through the rest of us. And if the enemy can steal your anxiety, do you know that studies have shown They followed a group of men for 10 years and they found that those who battled with anxiety, that they had a greater risk of heart disease by 25%. See, anxiety can wear you down and wear you out. And we live in a culture where our fear is stoked 24 seven. So it's easy to understand how we would lose our hearts and our minds in this battle. Last week when we were on site, there was a lady that came up after the service and I was so proud of her. I could see in her eyes, she had been fighting a battle and anxiety had worn her out and worn her down. And she was having trouble sleeping. And the last thing that you could Well, when you're exhausted and you're battling anxiety, the last thing you feel like doing is coming to church, whether it's on site or online. But I was so proud of her because she pushed past her feeling and she came to the service and she came up to me for prayer and she shared with me about her struggle. And that right there is half the battle. To admit that you're battling with anxiety, there's no shame in that. In fact, confession puts you in position to receive the promise of Jesus. Jesus said in John chapter 14, I leave my peace with you. I give my peace to you. I do not give it as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Someone right now needs to receive That promise, it's for you. What is the difference about the peace that Jesus gives versus the peace that the world gives? Think about it this way. While we've been having wildfires out on the West Coast these last couple of months, on the East Coast and the Southeast in particular, they've been battling hurricanes. Uh, Hurricanes can have winds that go as high as uh, 150 miles an hour. But there's something called the eye of the hurricane. And inside the eye, it's usually circular. And its diameter can be 20 to 40 miles. And even though the winds can be savage on the Outside of the eye, inside of the eye, it is relatively calm. And it seems to me that right there is the difference. It's one thing to have peace when there is no storm. But when a hurricane hits your life, to find the eye and experience peace in that moment, There's a lady who's a writer in New York City and she has been reading lots of literature about different pandemics such as Albert Camus' book, The Plague. 
And she made this observation about all this literature about pandemics. She writes, the literature on pandemics is never mainly about the disease. It examines how humans deal with the disease, how our inner lives shift as our outer worlds do. How our inner world shifts as our outer worlds do. When your outer world shifts and a hurricane hits your life, what happens to your inner world? It's natural. It is to understand why there would be so much fear and anxiety. But the promise of Jesus is that we can find the eye that is in the storm and to have a peace that passes all understanding. This is the promise of Jesus. And let me say, this is the promise of Jesus. Sometimes we want the gift of peace without the giver of peace. Sometimes we want the fruit of peace without the root of peace. Sometimes we want to get adjusted, but what we need is to get converted. But for those who are his followers and look to him, Jesus gives us this invitation. We read in Philippians chapter four, do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is how you put your shoes on and crush the head of the serpent. Now that brings us to the final way I want us to think about, and that's when we plant seeds of peace. In James chapter three, we read this. Goodness is the harvest that is produced from the seeds the peacemakers plant in peace. Looking back on 2020 so far, I think all of us would agree that it's been full of surprises. There have been several bad surprises, but a few of them have been good. For example, the Bible tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. But there's been conflict in the Middle East for so long, it seems like those prayers have all been in vain. Or have they? Did you see recently the major breakthrough that took place? That the head of the state of Israel, along with the United Arab Emirates and the kingdom of Bahrain, they agreed to normalize diplomatic relations. This is what was the biggest breakthrough in Middle East peace in 25 years. Maybe all those prayers for the Middle East did have an impact after all. On a side note, when my wife and I saw this happen, we were so overjoyed. A couple of years ago, we had the privilege of being at a gathering with the Prince of Bahrain. And we were able to sign a document that they had put out on their commitment to, reg uh, to uh, religious freedom in their nation. And to see them now take this next bold, courageous step, God is at work around the world Never underestimate the power of a seed. Whether you pray for peace, work for peace, strive for peace, fight for peace, whenever you plant a seed of peace, never underestimate the power of that seed. Why is it so hard? Why is it so hard for us to experience peace? I mean, even this aardvark, look at this aardvark. He's saying, what, you want a piece of me? You know, why is it so hard among human beings? Well, I guess you could point to certain high-tech algorithms that tend to fan the part of our brain that likes to fight. 
But if you peel back the, the curtain just a little bit, you'll see that one of the main strategies of the serpent is to disrupt our peace. He will take our hurt and turn it into hostility. He will take our pride and turn it into prejudice. He will take our differences and turn it into divisiveness wherever he can alienate and separate and create fragmentation. He's all about that. And here's why. The serpent hates anything that reminds him of God. And you and I have been made in the image of God. Being made in the image of God well, God's creative, and that means that we can be creative. God is holy, and that means we can reflect his holiness. And God is unity. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And in this trinity, it reflects, well, perfect harmony and perfect community and perfect unity. And as human beings, we are created to reflect that community and that harmony and that unity. And the serpent strikes at our unity to try to blur the image of divinity in us. But anytime we plant a seed of peace, and we do the kinds of things that lead to peace. When we turn the other cheek to those who have insulted us, when we extend grace and mercy to those who failed us, when we show civility and respect to those who disagree with us, when we build a bridge to help others make peace, like this one dog, you know I love dogs, and here's a dog saying, come on boys, stop this, you're both adult dogs. Whenever we plant a seed of peace, we move against the enemy and step on the head of the serpent. I wanna wade into waters that I usually, well, usually I stay away from. But let me talk with you about the state of our nation today. We are called the United States of America, but right now it seems like we're the divided states. Everywhere you look, there's division, and it would be very easy to throw up your hands in despair and to give up on our nation. And yet, whenever we hit low moments, God always gives us a shining example. That shining example was in a lady who just passed away, Justice Ginsburg. She was a mar remarkable woman with a remarkable career. But one of the most remarkable things about her was her friendship with another late justice, Justice Scalia. Now, in some ways, they were polar opposites she was a, a Jewish liberal and he was a Catholic conservative. And yet, they became the best of friends. They would have fired up, spirited debates between them, but underneath there was a love and there was a respect. And Justice Ginsburg gave us a picture of what it's like to live in peace with others, even when you don't see eye to eye with each other. And what if, what if, instead of demonizing others, we humanize them? What if Republicans and Democrats could vote differently, but still as human beings and Americans stand side by side? What if law enforcement and minority communities could work on reform with each other and still, as human beings, as Americans, stand side by side. Now, this one's really a stretch, but what if, what if 
49er fans and Raider fans, they could root against each other. But as human beings and Americans, we could stand side by side. Oh, Ken, the day that happens, there'll be peace in the Middle East. Well, never underestimate the power of a seat. Whether it's in your own circle or it's in a bigger picture of what's happening right now, I saw this one picture that just knocked me off my chair. It was taken over in the Ukraine where there were riots going on and the police were on one side and the demonstrators with their signs were on the other side. And right in between them was a group of Orthodox priests holding the cross up high. And they were singing, Christ, can we bring up the song that they were singing? Christ is risen from the dead trampling down death by death and on those in the tombs bestowing life. And reports said that the conflict ceased. Colossians chapter one reads this way. All the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death his blood that poured down from the cross. I'm going to invite you right now as we prepare to receive communion to pray the prayer that was given to us by St. Francis. Would you pray it with me? Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there's hatred, let me sow love. Where there's injury, pardon. Where there's doubt, faith. Where there's despair, hope. Where there's darkness, light where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen and amen. Jesus is our peace. Let's come to his table today. Jesus, thank you for being our peace. We receive your bread and your cup. And we ask that you, the Prince of Peace, would establish peace in hearts and minds, in homes, in businesses, and in communities today. Nothing's too hard for you. Let's eat of the body of our Lord. And let's drink of the cup of his life. Receive the peace of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Our worship team is coming to sing. Well, God has the ability to give us the victory. Let victory rise up in your heart.
do you turn it for good are you grateful for that today yes because you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn it for good oh we thank you lord because you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it Thanks so much for being a part of today. I'm gonna see the victory. Well, I put on your shoes, your shoes of peace today. Step on the head of the enemy. Tell the enemy he has no place in your life. Get off my lawn. If you need further prayer, please call the church office, reach out to us on social media. And don't forget right after uh, right after the benediction, the wraps on, and it's a great way to take it deeper and further. I love you, Cathedral family, and I want to speak victory over your life this week. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And this week, may you walk in victory. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Yo, Cathedral of Faith, oh, what's dang. on up? Come on in, everybody. This is the wrap. Keep your shoes on. Yep. Just wiping some of the, just wiping some of the enemy right off the bottom of my soles yeah. and my feet right now. You got yourself working. Yes, sir. Pastor Ken bringing the heat again, like always. Absolutely. And we're gonna get into this. Ramel Aurora. We have Matthew Duran with us this weekend, and Irene Vaughn. Matthew, what kind of stuck out to you, man, as you heard this message? Yeah, so I think one of the things that really popped out right off the bat was was when Pastor Ken brought up the point of, of um, you know, people wanting to be adjusted, you know, and 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 not be converted or missed mm-hmm. idea of being converted. Then mm-hmm. that you know, knowing that that is the the very first thing that needs to happen, and in alignment with that, um, you know, the idea of of being in a neutral zone in the spiritual realm, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know making that decision, I'm for God, I'm for his kingdom, yeah. and I'm, or I'm not, you know, right, there's yeah, no right. in between, and, and realizing that the fruit of the spirit, you know, in, in this, especially in this time of life that we're in, like this 
it's a time of chaos and mm. just the seasons that we're going through right now um, is important. And, and realizing that those fruits of the Spirit um, it comes from being converted and letting the Holy Spirit manifest those fruits within you mm. um, by His grace. And um, I think that's one of the things that when He brought that up, I was just like, you know, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was a while, like it was something simple and quick, but it was like, just if you're focused on it, you caught that. Right, I caught right. that, you know, I was like, wow. So just in this, in this series, in the, or this, the sermon that we just listened to about the serpent and, and, and having victory over the serpent, mm-hmm. you know, it starts with that, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, easier said than done, but it is something sure. that like popped out to me. In That's that great. Right. It's real strong. Yeah. That whole image of the, the snake and the boots that he, he started off with the yeah. sermon with. You know, having, you know, having the right shoes on, yeah. you know, that are, you know. And you love shoes. We all love shoes. Yeah, that's, right. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to mess up the wrong shoes. Out <laughs> those those right. are right for you. <laughs> but, yeah, having the right shoes uh, for the job, you mm-hmm. know, and just, and, and then, too, we were talking about just the whole, how uh, it's interesting about peace being, mm-hmm. you know, the armor with the right. whole context of the armor, yeah. the, you know, mm-hmm. peace being. The shoes. The shoes. It's an interesting conversation. Yeah, it, it puts us in a position to not just, um, you know, take peace as this thing that, that just happens magically, mm. but, it, but it's something that we put on and, and we take action with. Mm. Right? We, we, we have to make this decision. Um, just like you said, Matt, um, if, 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 you're, if you're not for peace, then, then you know, there's, yeah. there's only one other option that you're going right. to be against it. There's really no middle ground. And this invitation that Pastor Ken gives us with this message um, about, you know, you may not really be for Christ and you may not really be against um, right. Christ, uh, but this is a call, you know, to action, you know, for your life and where you're positioned, right? Are you for peace or are you against peace? And putting on these shoes of, of peace, right, allows us to start taking those steps, yeah. taking um, the initiatives, making um, those connections, um, make in, com- you know, make mm. having these conversations to move towards peace. Yeah, I like, like that. Pastor Ken also said that uh, we want peace, but we don't use we don't usually seek the giver the peace. Yeah, the root of and peace, and that is yeah. uh, mm. big because I believe peace is something that we need to practice. So we know. We, we need to seek God first because he's the giver of peace. And we, we practice and learn peace from who God is. It's not from the peace that mm. the world gave us. Mm. And I think once we start practicing and learning peace from who God is and from who, you know, where the peace comes from, mm. then this pandemic starts getting smaller. We don't, you know, continue to focus on this pandemic that's, right. that's going yeah. on, you know, sure, because sure. peace will not move us. Right. There was, there was that quote Pastor Ken put up uh, from that uh, health um, expert, and it was, you know, pandemics are more than just the disease, mm-hmm. but it's how we, how we respond um, to, to the disease and, and, to, and for us to respond with peace um, mm-hmm. at the forefront. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Another way he worded it, Pastor Ken worded it, was find your seat at the table and then help others yeah. find their seat yeah. at the table. Yep. When I think about that, I think of like, first of all, that Christ would set a table for me. I feel wow. so unworthy. Wow. I feel like, really, God, like you embrace and accept me 100%. And, and in that, it's his kindness that draws us, but it's also his kindness that gives us that peace, mm-hmm. you know? But then to be able to be like, come, find yeah. Find the Jesus that, that gives us this peace that's over this world. It's, it's, we're not giving them anything of ourselves. We're just saying, pull up a seat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How awesome is God? And in that? just to add on that, like, I think yeah. it's a great point because, you know, I think including myself, I'm, you know, I think I'm a victim of it too. But just the idea that, you know, to help people out, you know, mm-hmm. just that general idea of helping others mm-hmm. when you have that itty bitty, you know, something in you that yeah. allows for that. You mm-hmm. know, I think. For me, I've always thought, like, in the past, like, oh, I got to be at a certain level to help other people out, mm. no matter what season I'm in. Mm. And it's like, no, it's, you know, I'm learning that right now. It's like, that's not necessary. That's nice. You know, you need that, just that little itty-bitty seed of, of that peace seed that you plant mm. within yourself or that, you know, you're, that is prayed over you um, yeah. by the power of prayer. You know, that is sufficient because mm. it's, 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 it's implanted by God or it's, 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 it's sought. It's, it's washed over by God. That's really you know? And I think that's being able to help someone else. Is, it's not as hard as we think. And mm. I think we all, I mean, I, I'm learning that right now. Yeah. And it's like, we, I, you know, there's so many people that I could outreach just based off of, you know, you what do I'm something going now. through. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that's powerful right there. That's great. I, I also loved how he just went, he went um, straight to some current events yeah. and really kind of, you know, how this, this message and this thread of truth is present in these moments too. Yeah. 
with the uh, the Middle East and right. and the peace agreements that are coming now, um, and just how I love I love how you just said you know people have prayed for years and years and years, right? And you you may think you know after you know that's the biggest I think move toward peace in 25 years I think right. you said right, but yet all those prayers were not in vain. There were steps right steps yeah. in the and t- towards something, towards, towards peace. peace. And I think peace. that was really beautiful, yeah. Well, he also said that we are called to plant uh, seed, seeds, peace. So yeah. be the bridge, build a bridge, be a peacemaker. Like yeah. uh, Matt said, it doesn't take that long, it doesn't take a big, you know. And those, uh, those uh, people, those officers, mm, you right. know, I'm pretty sure that they plant that seed after seed, like farmers, yeah. like yeah. And I'm sure it was more than just them. Yes, and right. look it's, what it, be, you know. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah, really strong, man. So I, I also love just to the uh, the picture of of the relationship between uh, Ginsburg and yeah. Scalia. That yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, how he addressed like you know really the stuff that's just showing up on our front door, right. whether you like it or not. Right. The 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 culture of of unrest and and even political tension is right here, and yeah. it's you know. Yeah. You can't avoid it, and right. but it, I, I, the picture he, you know, how he said it too. I forget, paraphrasing, how he said. But usually, there's there's an example in in there's an example of, right. of what peace is right. in this, and he used the relationship between these two right. polar opposites That's politically. Right. Right? Politically, one's male, one's female, one's one's liberal, the, one's the conservative. Jewish liberal, Jewish one's liberal, the conservative Catholic. Conservative, Catholic. Yeah. You know, one's of color, one's, yeah. you know, uh, Caucasian, and politically they're on polar opposites of the universe, yeah. but yet they would have these spirited conversations, yeah. but they became the best of friends. Right, and I'm proud of our pastor going there and giving us tools and, 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 and modeling how we use the mm. gospel to yep. guide our conversations. Yep. Right, in times like this, where it's politically charged, socially charged, he says, use... Mm. The, you know, the gospel to guide it. Use language like peace. Yeah. And he uses Ginsburg and says, you know, you know, she, she used concepts of respect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Pastor Aaron, like you said, honor. Mm-hmm. Right? When honoring differences. Yeah. And out of that, right, you're able to turn the table. Yeah. And yeah. now these, these, these polar opposites become forged, these friendships. Yeah. Um, that is just a model for peace. And how, think, how important, too, that w- that we be peacemakers in this, too. And not just... You know, people that are proselytizing people to right. our our political, mm-hmm. the way we see the world. Right. We should we should be modeling that too, pointing to something outside of ourselves, right. pointing something to something higher yes. than ourselves. That's right. Uh, you know that that we all have to kind of respond That's to right. and responsible for, right? That's Instead right. of right. saying, "No, you got to see it like I do," yeah. or right. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And like the priest, like the priest did, put Jesus right in the middle of, a, Beautiful. of every difference, Beautiful. every conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what you'll find there is peace. Yep. Come on, man. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Right. Well, our scripture is John 14, 27. I leave my peace with you. Mm. I give my peace to you. Yes. I do not give it to you as the world does. Yes. So do not let your hearts be troubled. That's a Amen. command there. Amen. And I love that Amen. God doesn't give us commands if we can't obey them and follow them, mm. if we can't carry them out. And he says, do not be afraid. Mm. So peace is attainable by the grace of God. Receive yeah. that. Amen. Yeah, Amen. So Cathedral of Faith, no one's standing alone in this season. That's right. We're in this together. And just as like us, man, we don't agree on everything, but we're having a peaceful conversation. That's right. You can Amen. have it in your homes and on your Zoom sessions too. Uh, in the chat rooms, uh, we'd encourage you, and we just believe that God and the Holy Spirit is present in your in your studies. Yes, and absolutely. and I hope that yes. you just pick up where we left off because we didn't talk about everything, right. but we talked about some things. And I believe that the conversation is going to continue into your homes, into your families as you be peacemakers in our yes, world. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, Cathedral of Faith, we love you. And as always, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Boom.